The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And we're going to get into it today because the elections are, have come and gone. There's a few that still need to be settled. The one in Georgia, there's one there where some warlock is running against some fo- football player. And obviously a football player is better than a warlock because we've all seen Harry Potter, and those are bad guys sometimes. <clears throat> but anyway, that's just my opinion. <clears throat> but... It's going to come down to you gun owners are going to have to really pay attention here because if you want to maintain your freedoms and your rights, if the Democrats take over the Senate, this will be their last push for two years. They will push really hard to get some sort of gun control or gun restrictions put in place. I don't like to say control because control is a matter of holding the weapon with two hands, learning how to use it, using it efficiently. That's gun control. This is more about restricting your Second Amendment rights. I mean, it's amazing that as clear as it states in the Constitution, there are still states and politicians who don't think that holds true. Oh, that's an old law. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Which means if they're willing to go against that, they will certainly go against your First Amendment rights or your Fifth Amendment rights or Fourth Amendment rights. They don't care. They don't believe that you have those rights because you're just a little peon and they are the elite. So keep that in mind when you vote. If you want to vote for your gun rights and your freedom, your gun freedoms, by all means, please do that and pay attention and don't make the excuse of saying, oh, I'm only one vote. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. When a million people all do that same, use that same excuse, that's how elections are lost by people being complacent. So don't do that. Do the right thing. Get out there and vote for your gun rights. Vote for your freedoms. Vote for people who will stand up for you and your ideals. Now, if your ideals are being able to be trans, uh, whatever it is, and uh, not decide your gender or <clears throat> decide that your opinion means more than the law does and you can restrict other people, you are supposed to vote on Wednesday. Remember that. If you're a liberal, you vote Wednesday. If you're a conservative, you vote Tuesday. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Now, speaking of conservatives, this was an interesting story I ran across from Oklahoma. This is just the beginning of this past month. It seems like a lot of Democrat states are trying to raise the age of gun ownership. Right now, you can purchase a rifle or shotgun legally, according to the U.S. law, at the age of 18. Now, a lot of states are trying to push that up to 21 on any type of weapon. So it's funny. You can vote, you can join the military, but you can't own a gun in your own country until you get over 21 in some states. That seems ridiculous to me. I mean, it's it's amazing what they restrict and what they don't restrict based on your age. And that age range between 18 and 21, there seems to be a lot of discrepancy there as to when you're an adult, when you're not an adult, what things count and what things don't. You know, Roger, I, I grew up in the uh, Vietnam era, and we were voting on whether... An 18-year-old could go to war. Now, wasn't there a draft at that time? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know it well. But, and yeah, I found the window that was open and closed it, so I got rid of that draft. <laughs> no, you know, we were, we were, 
looking at it like this was in Texas over the age of over the question of drinking at eighteen. Right, you and, could be drafted but not have a beer. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you could die at eighteen for you your know. country, which wouldn't allow you to vote. Exactly. And uh, this is, you know, the debate, and and any psychiatrist will tell you that particularly for boys, their brain doesn't develop until they're twenty five or so. Right, they're and, not fully uh, developed until yeah. twenty five, and yet. They want you to go and raise your hand, and uh, we just had a, a situation on which uh, we are so far down militarily as far as manpower goes today right? that uh, they are taking 18-year-olds, and uh, we had a gentleman on just the other day that uh, is very involved with Community Salutes, which is an organization that salutes Teenagers, high school graduates that have already enlisted, and as soon as they graduate, wow. they're shipped out. They're shipped. Well, they, they start their training. Yeah, they start their training, and um, you know, this is this is why everybody, or I say everybody, this is why we've got to get rid of Warnock. Get people that love our military and respect our military. Which into in, office. Which in turn reflects as a love of country as well. Right. Absolutely. And uh, so when we're talking about guns and what age, you know, I, quite frankly, I don't care if you're 110. If you don't know how to handle a weapon, then you shouldn't have a weapon to begin with. Right. And, and that's your choice. You don't have to have that skill. That's right. And, if you know, if they want to have any kind of restrictions on it, it should be that you've had the training, either militarily or you've had other training on whether it's a pistol or a rifle or a shotgun, whatever it is. And that's been a point of contention on many laws. A lot of states have training requirements before issuing you a carry permit. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, it's not, you know, I I know you have the right to carry based on the Second Amendment, but you know what? It would not, it's something I'm kind of on the fence about because I would definitely prefer somebody who's carrying to be trained. Absolutely. With, without a doubt, that would make a big difference to me. But then again, do you restrict their right to carry based on that state's particular requirements? You know, if because then, of course, the states could go completely off the deep end and decide you have to, you know, spend three years training before you can get a permit, <laughs> which is more training than most police officers and military personnel get. So, you know, but, yeah, it would not be a bad idea to have training requirements. And maybe they could do this on a national level. And then once you pass that training, get your permit, that permit would be good nationwide. Like if you're a police officer or a military person, you could carry that weapon any state, any city in the country without any, you know, fear of reciprocity or anything like that. That'd be an interesting idea. I'd like to see them institute that. You know, the, the one thing too that, uh, you and I have talked about is the, uh, neon flashing arrow sign <laughs> when a, when a building says no guns allowed. And I never see signs like that. Maybe I just have poor eyesight. I think you have poor eyesight. That's entirely possible. Where they, where they have a pistol and they have the line through it. Yeah, I've seen this before. Most of those are pictures of Beretta pistols. I don't carry Beretta, so I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> but, but 
But I mean, the stupidity of of this is a no guns <laughs> zone. I know because the criminals follow the law so yeah. closely. Yep. Well, that's the thing. There was we talked about that a, uh, a couple months ago about how would companies be responsible for your safety if you go in there without your weapon and you're a licensed carry holder? Would then they take the responsibility for your safety? And if anything happened, would they be responsible for paying everything that had to do with your recovery and or your funeral expenses or taking care of your family because you weren't allowed to defend yourself? It sounds like they should take on that responsibility. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder if uh, how our SCOTUS would attack that, you know? Oh, he would say, put your faith in the government. They'll take care of you. Yeah. Because he thinks the government's supposed to take care of everybody from cradle to grave anyway. The Supreme Court might have a real question on their hands. Well, the thing is, they already decided that with police officers. They decided that police officers are not responsible for your safety, and you can't sue a police department for not responding in time or being there to defend you when you need it. That's not their duty. You call them when something happens, they get there when they can. That's all they're responsible to do, and you cannot sue them if they didn't get there in time to stop a crime from being committed. That's not They're not prevention. They're more of call after the fact. You are your own first responder when it comes to the first line of defense for your family, yourself, your friends, your household. You are that, you are that responsible party. So it's interesting to see that these states want to take that right away from certain people and other people want to like in, they had a, uh, a push in Georgia. Well, in a Georgia group to lower the carry age, concealed carry age from 21 to 18. Now, law, a lawmaker in Oklahoma has introduced legislation to do the same thing in Oklahoma. Drop the carry age from 21 to 18. So an 18-year-old can carry a weapon for self-defense. I mean, they're allowed to vote. They're allowed to serve in the military. Why shouldn't they have all the rights of an adult? It's, it's a good question, and it's interesting that they're bringing it up now. It's moving things I guess I wouldn't say backwards when I'm saying forwards toward a more progressive look at carrying weapons. But I think uh, I think that comes back to uh, maturity and who's going to. Uh, yeah, but there are 40 year olds who are not mature enough to carry a gun. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I totally agree. But yeah, who's going to judge that? Yeah, that's I mean, obviously, like you said earlier, uh, a mind, a brain is not fully developed until it's 25 years old. So do you give an 18-year-old an option to carry a gun in self-defense? Some of them, I wouldn't have any, like Kyle Rittenhouse, he was an outstanding example of self-defense rights. I mean, he shot, what, three times, hit three convicted felons. No innocent bystanders, no extraneous shots, no, you know, shots that didn't go where they were intended. Everything he did was by the book, flawlessly executed. He defended himself and kept the felons from committing more crimes, even though they tried. Well, one, I think one of the felons committed an assault by hitting him with a skateboard, and then he got his arm blown off or head blown off, one of the two. Well, two of them died. One of them was just wounded. But uh, he did a spectacular job. His control was unbelievable. I mean, you watch some of the video of that. He's running away towards the police, and these guys are chasing him. And only when they knock him to the ground does he engage them. He's trying everything he can to not engage them to get out of, out of the, take himself out of the situation and they refuse to let him go. And then the guy who got shot, and I think he got shot in the arm, 
and blew his arm all apart. He was pointing a gun at Kyle when Kyle shot him. So, you know, he has not a leg to stand on. You assault somebody or you threaten them with deadly force and you get shot. That's just how it should go. I don't care who you are. That's That should be fact of the matter. Where I come from, if someone tries to kill you, you try and kill them right back. <laughs> I think that was actually from the show Firefly. They said that. Yeah, but this is interesting that they're going progressively towards 18-year-olds carrying weapons. And some of them are not mature enough. But like I said, some 40-year-olds are not mature enough. But if they are, maybe they could compromise on the training issue. Because I know that's a huge point of contention in a lot of states that they require certain amounts of training. Perhaps they can get 18-year-olds to get training or require training of an 18- to 20-year-old. And then when they hit 21, they can decide whether or not that's required or not. I don't know. It's it's. I know it's such a... Um, I guess uh, an argued about point whether training should be required to exercise an amendment right. It's like saying, should you have to have training in order to vote? Of course, everyone would say, no, that's your that's your right. Well, your right is also to keep and bear arms. That is your right. But the right to vote, which is not listed in the Constitution, but it is implied perhaps. I'd have to ask Vic the legal eagle on that or Mark the shark. I see if that's in there. I know there's no right to vote in the Constitution anywhere, but there's the fact that they limit the age to 18. I mean, what gives them the right to do that? I guess because they determine in this country you're not legal and an adult till you're 18. But if they're going to take other rights away from you legally based on constitutional restrictions, that's going to have to be argued also. I mean, who's to say a 21-year-old can't rent a car but he can own a handgun. All right, we'll come back right after these messages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. On August 8th, 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand, and take back our country. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio 
on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. And right before we left, we were talking about the rights, the ages of rights, uh, when certain rights are given, when certain rights are not. Now, private companies, I guess they can, they're allowed to have a certain amount of age discrimination. And I know it sounds bad, but they can decide, they can decide you have to be 60 years old to get a senior discount. They can decide you have to be 21 to rent this car or 25 to rent this car. You know, private companies have a little bit of leeway when it comes to age discrimination. They're allowed to do that. Now, the fact of the matter is, is the government allowed to do it? Apparently, they are. You have to be 18 to be able to vote. Although there are some people who are saying you should lower that age to 16, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. The percentage of 16-year-olds that be mature enough or informed enough to take on the huge responsibility of voting, to me, is very small, very minute. Most of them would vote according to social media pressures or, you know, pressures in school, you know, uh, peer pressure. That would be the biggest influence on voters. And it would depend on how their friends are, how their parents are educating their kids who hang out with them. It would be a huge mess. It'd be, it would be crazy. Now, even an 18-year-old probably has limited experience with politics and real-life experiences. Now, if they've been working for a while, they've been getting a paycheck, they see what comes out of it, then they may have a better idea of how they want to vote or what may influence their vote or where their money is going when they make certain choices at the ballot box. Uh, going along with what you're saying, uh, Roger, is that They're not educated. We're not teaching civics. We're not teaching what the flag's about. We're not teaching. And if you haven't got a background, a foundation on voting on the Constitution, if you haven't got a foundation there, then you shouldn't be voting. Yeah. I mean, if they want you to take a test before you can carry a gun and exercise your Second Amendment right, shouldn't you have to take a test before you can vote? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And most of them, you know... Even the con- I I used to love Jesse Waters and the man on the street stuff that he did. Oh, he would ask people simple questions based on who, who was our first president? Who was president during the Civil War? Uh, Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy. It's like yeah, yeah it's about a hundred years apart. You know, eighty five years apart from one president to the next, but they just don't know. I remember they were asking people about. Uh, Something about a Republican and Lincoln, and most people had no idea that Lincoln was most the first re- was the first Republican yeah. president. They just assume he was a Democrat because of the the Democrat narrative is so good. They push people to believe that they were the ones who stopped slavery when, in fact, Democrats were the one who pushed us into a civil war because they wanted to maintain slavery. And where did the Ku Klux Klan come from? They were founded, funded, and supported by Democrats. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I mean, and I'm not lying. Go look at it. If you have any doubts as to this, look it up for yourself. I mean, it's funny because I had somebody doubt me when I told her kids that, oh, uh, Lincoln, he was the first Republican president. She turned and looked at me like, what are you telling him that for? I go, it's true. Are you sure? It's like, of course I'm sure. I know this. This is a fact I learned when I was in school and paid attention. The Republican Party was founded in the 1860s to stop slavery. That was their main objective when they founded the Republican Party, and their ideals have not changed much since then. Although the Democrats would lead you to believe 
they were the ones who founded the KKK. They were the ones who didn't support, you know, black and, and women's rights, things like that, ethnicity rights and women's rights, when in fact the Republicans were the only ones who supported those. Only ones who supported the women's right to vote were all Republicans only. Because they had a majority, they were able to push that through. If it had been up to Democrats in the early 1900s, women still would not have the right to vote. And neither would anybody of color either. So learn your history, because history will teach you a lot about the future. Because you can see things coming back around. You can see history repeating itself. And only those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And you may think you know, but look it up. Pay attention. Especially with the Internet now, you have access to so much information that no other generation has ever had. You have the Library of Congress at a mouse click. It's that simple to get information these days. Now, be aware of your sources because a lot of sources are not accurate or will twist things around to make you think something's not what it is. Or say, oh, well, in modern interpretation, we've determined this. It's like, no, look at the facts. Facts are facts. They cannot be changed because of feelings or because somebody has decided that they don't want that to be the way things are. I mean, the Democrats should be ashamed of their past and should be apologizing apologizing for it constantly. But, you know, unfortunately, they twist everything around, tell you it's the Republicans' fault all that happened, Say they're the racist ones. They're the ones who started the Civil War. They're the ones who pushed for the KKK. They support them when, in fact, it was exactly the opposite of that. So do your research. If you anything I say you find questionable, by all means, feel free to fact check me. Look it up. All the information is out there. In fact, I think it was the, now this is I'm guessing on this. I'm pretty sure the first black congressperson was black and Republican. So. Look that up. See where you stand with that. Now, the first president was Democrat. Obviously, Barack Obama was the first black president. He was a Democrat or socialist, whichever you prefer. Yeah, I don't think he was even a Democrat by uh, modern, even by modern standards. He was a little extreme. But anyway, pay attention to these things. Learn for yourself. The, the information is out there. It's freely accessible, and it's so easy to get to. Prior to the Internet, you had to go to a library or someone who you deemed was wiser than you, and you trusted their opinion to get information. In fact, so many things, it's so funny that so many rumors started back years ago before the Internet was around could spread like crazy. Like there was one where the guy who did, the little kid who did the the cereal ad for Life Cereal, Mikey, Mikey likes it, that he died by drinking Pop Rocks and, and Coke. That was a rumor that went around, and because there was no way to verify something like that, there was no Internet at the time, that rumor became almost considered fact, when in fact, the kid's still alive today, and he didn't die by drinking Coke and Pop Rocks. So be aware of what you hear, pay attention, and verify things if there's any questionable intent there. Like the, the funniest thing was there was people who started a rumor just to see how far it would spread, saying that people... Every person tends to swallow about eight spiders a year just by accident. And they just made up the random fact, and it started spreading and spreading and spreading. Before you know it, people were stating it as if it were a fact. When, in fact, no one did that study. No one confirmed that. There's nothing to back that up whatsoever. What do you think kids would do today with the Dewey Decimal System? 
Oh, trying to find stuff in the library? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'd probably be very... Can I just look it up on... That was a very sophisticated answer, trying to find stuff in the library. Yes. Well, that's that's the only place I know they use the Dewey Decimal System. Well, that's true, but everyone finding the stuff necessary. Well, if you want to find a book, you got to look at the number and then track the number down in the library to find the book, right? Was Is that not right? Maybe I don't know how to use the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, you can go to the author, uh, right? Whatever his name is, Arthur and then Title. Look up the number. They'll give you the number of the book he wrote, sinking the Bismarck or whatever. And uh, then, as opposed to looking at every book in the thing, you can go to the number, and it should be. Within yep. a, a few books of that number. Well, I remember going to the card catalog and yeah. writing down the Dewey Decimal System number and then running to that section and then narrowing it down and tracking the numbers down until you find the one you wanted and there was the book you wanted. Now the good kids just go, can I just Google that? <laughs> or can I just duck, duck, go that as Vic would say? Yeah, I mean, now it's actually, like I say, the information is at the tip of your fingers on your phone, your computer, your laptop, your tablet. It's there so easy to access that I can't believe people will buy things that are rumors. Now, rumors can get dispelled so easy, but they can also be started because people will not verify information. They accept it as fact without verifying it. You know, there was a great president once who said, trust but verify, and that would be Reagan. And he was saying that with it when they were trying to have uh, nuclear weapon de-escalation. He said, you know what? We trust you to take apart your weapons, but you know what? We'd like to verify that. And the same with us. We want you to verify that we're disassembling our nuclear weapons. And it probably helped save the planet at that time because tensions were so high. The number of weapons in the hands of nuclear countries was so ridiculously high they could have destroyed Every living thing on the planet, times, many times over. But you know what? If you're being honest, you're being straightforward, and you can verify things, it makes a difference. So you know what? Look, if you hear something I say, you're not sure if it's true, you can always look it up. If you find me to be incorrect, by all means, send me an email at roger at americaswebradio.com, and I'll be sure to address it. And also, if you would like to advertise on this show... Which I know everybody does, so you, you can you can send an email, gm at americaswebradio.com, and you can get in line to advertise on my show. It's it's in high demand right now, so you know be be aware if we take a few days to get back to you. <laughs> and when they're gone, they're gone, and that's a fact. You should definitely try and verify. <laughs> <laughs> and look what's come back. What's that? House shoes by my pillow. Oh yeah. <laughs> And they said their uh, slippers are gone, they're gone, never to be seen again until he's ready to bring them out again. Oh, okay. And now they're out. They are. Okay, good. You can get your my pillow slippers. slippers again. Oh, oh, what's his name? Um, Mike Lindell. Yeah, Mike Lindell. He was a huge uh, conservative supporter, yeah. yeah. And uh, the the liberal media and liberal politicians tried to shut him down. That's crazy. Yeah, the fact that someone's political opinion would matter so much in business. You know, I remember a time when it didn't matter because no one talked about it. You know, your political and your business aspirations were held in separate separate places. You didn't mix them. They had old sayings. You never talk about religion or politics with people you don't know really well. With people you do know really well, be aware when you discuss those things because they're points of contention with a lot of people. 
So maybe we could go back to that, go back to that civil time when people could speak without bringing up politics, without bringing up religion, and actually having sophisticated, honest, straightforward discussions without angering anybody by just having a different opinion. Probably not today, but we'll see. All right, I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're still listening to America's Web Radio. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Georgia, this is Mark the Shark from Bite of Reality. Hey, just wanted to give you a quick shout out and let you know, vote Herschel Walker in the upcoming elections. You need to get Herschel. He is for family values, education, small business, and pro-Israel, pro-American energy. Herschel Walker is the person you got to have. With Herschel Walker, you'll get common sense, not nonsense. Government by the people starts with Herschel. December 6th, vote Herschel Walker. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, any other gender you care to be identified as. I won't mention them specifically because there's only about 200 of them. But I'm going to stick with the two that I know to be factually and biologically accurate. We're back. This is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Next, we're going to go to Chicago, a place renowned for violence. In fact... I remember seeing uh, stats during the Middle Eastern War where more people were dying in Chicago over a weekend than soldiers were in the middle of a war zone. Again, you can look those facts up, and that's not something people want you to see. It's funny how people think all the foreign countries have all these murders or have all these wars when here at home we have plenty of people who will violate laws every day and murder other people. Three teens pulled up to a man in his car. One of them pulled a gun on him and demanded his belongings. The victim got out, struggled with at least one of the teens, pulled out a gun, and shot at them. (laughs) So at least, you know what? That would not be a terrible way to do that. Getting out of the car frees you up to access your weapon better, perhaps, than being stuck in a car while trying to battle off three different people. If you get out of the car, if he allows, if they allow you to do that, that would give you more room to make cover, to get behind people, to get eyes on all three of your assailants. So that was a, that was a, one teen was hit in the head, listed in critical condition. Another teen who was hit in the shoulder, listed in serious condition, and the third who was in the back seat was taken to a hospital after he broke his leg in the crash. So that, you know, that's just, that to me is poetic justice. You try and rob somebody, you get shot in the head, shot in the shoulder, you bang your head in a crash. I mean, that's, that's perfect. And it's funny because in Chicago, it is so difficult to get a carry permit. And I just, you know, I don't know for a fact, but I'm guessing none of the teens who tried to carjack this guy had a carry permit for the weapon that they had. (laughs) I could, I could honestly go on record and say, 
I would be almost 100% sure that none of the teens had a carry permit, especially in Chicago, because Chicago still has what they call May issue, which means if they don't believe you have a, a need or they don't believe you can show them a proper cause for having a weapon, they don't want you to be able to get a carry permit. Now, that's something that's been going on throughout the country. All these uh, New York and in California, all these May issue states are being challenged. As <clears throat> How can a state just decide whether or not you're allowed to exercise your rights? Now, imagine that same discrimination when it comes to voting or to free speech or any or preventing search, illegal search and seizure. Could you imagine if they had to, you know, just ignore these rights and say, oh, no, we're going to make you get a permit. We're going to make you have to go through training. We're going to make you have to uh, we're going to decide you don't need to vote. No, no, you, you don't need to vote. You're too young. You live in the wrong neighborhood. You don't make enough money. You make too much money. Imagine them restricting you based on just arbitrary decisions of whether you could vote or whether your right to illegal search and seizure was going to be upheld. Well, they do this every day with guns. You have a constitutional guaranteed right to keep and bear arms. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In case you're wondering what infringed means, it means hindered. It means um, held back, stopped in any way. If you have a better definition, let me know. But yet, states will do this constantly with their carry permit restrictions. Some states, like in New York, you have to get a permit just to purchase a weapon. And it's a $300 application fee and about a 60-page application you have to fill out. And this doesn't give you permission to carry. It just gives you permission to own. Now, could you imagine? Let's do that with voters. Let's make them fill out a form that's 60 pages long and pay $300 to get a card to enable you to vote. I know people are are, out there going, oh, that's ridiculous. They would never do that. But apparently they pick and choose which constitutional rights have, you know, more validity to them than to other people. So don't think this won't happen. Now, the one in New York has been put under a lot of legal stress lately. And now in Chicago, I'm hoping after more stories like this come out and the bad people get shot or get deterred somehow by someone holding a weapon. Now, I don't know. It doesn't say, I don't think, whether the the guy who was being carjacked had a permit for his weapon or not. It said concealed carry holder. So I assume he had a concealed carry permit. So, and the, it's uh, the true, they the were people traveling around in a stolen car and they were just committing these crimes one after another after another. And you wonder about how much better would this be if everybody they tried to attack was armed? This guy managed to stop these three guys in, in one incident. And imagine how many other people, if he didn't stop them, how many other people they might have harmed, killed, you know, ruined their lives, whatever, stolen their property. And did, uh, have they sued him for their wounds? Apparently not yet. I mean, it's just maybe Chicago is getting a little better about that. I don't know. Right now, there has no there's no case been brought up there to try and sue against the restrictive gun laws they have there. Although it would seem it would seem like that would be a thing to do. Let's get in there, sue these people, make them be. You can't recover. You can't be responsible for my safety. I want to be responsible for my own safety. You need to issue me a weapons permit if I decide I want to carry one. My constitutional right is there. 
What I was wondering though is the uh, the assailants that were shot. Oh, have they? I think they're. They doesn't say anything about that. They say they're in the hospital, so most of them probably aren't in any, any condition. <laughs> Oh yeah, see the other there was another carload of people behind the guys who were robbing this guy and they crashed and were taken to the hospital allegedly robbing a man at gunpoint a little later. So apparently these roving gangs are going around just carjacking and robbing people anytime their car stops in certain neighborhoods. And the police where are the police during all this? If this is going on night after night after night, day after day after day, why aren't they able to at least get in there and stop it? Because they've been defunded. They haven't got the gas to get there. That's right. They have no fuel in their police cars, and they're not supposed to engage citizens anymore because they might get sued now because they have no protection anymore under the law, probably. Again, I'm not saying for sure, but with the way things are going, they're heading towards not giving the police officers the extra protection they need to be able to engage people who are committing crimes. It's just, it's ridiculous how many rights they're trying to give criminals and how many rights they're taking away from victims. Because now they're twisting it around and the criminals are becoming the victims if they get hurt during commission of a felony. If you're committing a felony, you are giving up your rights right there there now. You know, and I can't recall who. It may have been you, Roger. I don't know. But uh, someone told me that the insurance now for police is more expensive than the malpractice insurance for doctors. Wow, I did not know that. And what people don't realize when they ask for that kind of stuff is that they're paying for it because their insurance is probably paid for by their police departments well not necessarily a lot of the officers have to carry their own insurance great so less and less police so we're getting less and less police officers oh yeah absolutely that's coming if that's the case then yeah that's coming because these guys aren't going to pay ridiculous amounts to insure themselves against the job they're supposed to be doing that's ridiculous yep Ugh. While this is going on, I mean, it's funny, they, they list the stuff here. There's well, this all started with that uh, case of the the guy putting his knee in the black guy's neck. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the fentanyl addict. Yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, the excessive force insurance. Oh, yeah. wow. And then there was the guy in Georgia who shot the guy at the Wendy's because he stole his taser. And yeah. turned around to shoot it at the officer, and the officer shot him. It's like, don't turn around and point something that looks like a gun at a police officer and not expect to get shot and killed. D- you know, stoop, what did Forrest Gump say? Stupid is as stupid, stupid does. does. There you and go. You I can, never. You can fix dumb, but you can't fix stupid. Well, you can fix ignorant, but you can't fix stupid. Ignorant means you don't know. Yeah. Well, we can educate that, but if you're stupid and you can't learn, then. <laughs> Dumb or stupid? Yeah, I can't fix that. That's that's unfixable. But yeah, when you turn around and pretend to, and make a motion to shoot a police officer with something you just took off his belt, you were going to get hammered. I'm sorry. That's just chlorine in the gene pool. That guy was out on corona uh, parole anyway because the prisons were too crowded and they didn't want him to get cor- uh, p- coronavirus. So they released him and he was drunk driving a vehicle and he fell asleep because he was so drunk at the Wendy's drive through so, you know, they killed him. Yes, he was dead. But, you know, did they prevent him from killing a family of other people or several other people by running him over in the streets because he was so drunk he couldn't even stay awake to drive? Yeah, that's 
there should not have been any question as to the validity of that particular shooting. But because of social media pressure and um, <coughs> things like that, they pushed for that. They pushed against those officers. They investigated it more thoroughly than they ever should have. A guy does something like that, drunk, so drunk he can't stay awake at a drive through line, driving a vehicle, he should have been arrested and put under the jail immediately. They should not have taken as much time as they did questioning him and doing what they did. You know, he should have been locked. He should have been in handcuffs before the questioning started. But yet, there would be people who would argue, oh, but that violates his rights as a person to put him in handcuffs without charging him with anything. Well, you know, had they got more of the story up front, they might have done it. And they're just, you know, it's always going to be lines drawn between officers' ability to enforce the law and them overstepping that line. And, you know, there's always going to be people who stand on both sides. Even with evidence presented, a lot of people will just say, oh, well, they're just protecting themselves. They're not really doing the best for the people. So. Well, all cops are, are robotic anyway, right? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, you can just program them and turn them loose. You know, that might be better to have robotic police officers. There'd be no discrepancy. Everything would be video recorded, and they could only act within the confines of the law based on their programming. But, I mean, you know, cops, it's just like we talk about, uh, we're doing a, a great show called A Place for Veterans, and it's 100% PTSD, and it's a doctor, that an MD that does the show, and we talk about, you know, it's not just the cops or it's not just the military. It's also the first responders and oh, right. the police officers. And also we talk about the families that have PTSD as well in that, uh, you know, every time a cop leaves, and, and even an EMT leaves his home to go to work, the other spouse doesn't know whether they'll ever see him again or not. Right. They have a much higher chance of getting harmed, wounded, killed in the line of duty than the guy who goes to an office, you know, selling candy. Yeah. Or whatever exactly. it is they're, they're doing. Yeah, they have a higher chance of that. So, you know, it's a great show. It's every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock, and it's called A Veteran's Place. And uh, that can be a military veteran or a cop veteran or whatever. And fire department as well. And, right. Any first responder, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, Dr. Moller goes, uh, delves deep into what it's all about. And uh, so, uh, a little plug for another show. Yep. Well, that's fine. And like I said, a lot of people aren't cut out for that. You know, but they don't know until they put themselves in that situation. You know, you may think you're mentally prepared to handle the situation, and then when it happens, you realize... This is not what I wanted to do. This is not what I signed up for. I don't like this. I don't think I can do this as well as I thought I could. I knew a friend of mine who went through the police academy. She did great. Passed all her tests. Passed her. I helped her actually pass her pistol qualifications. She needed a few tips that she wasn't getting from her officers who were helping her there. And she qualified with flying colors after we did a little bit of work on a few minor techniques to help her be more accurate and a little faster. But then she did the job for about six or eight months and she just decided, you know, this is not for me. I don't like to have to be forceful with people and be mean to them, you know, but some people require that. 
you know, they don't listen to orders, then you have to force yourself on them. And she had trouble dealing with the, you know, with people who were being resistant, things like that. I mean, she did her job, she did it well, but she just didn't like it. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, don't do it. And a lot of people will get that they'll get tired of the job or it wears on them. You know, they lose their enthusiasm. And other people will do it for years and years and years and never have a question about, you know, if they're doing the right thing. So, you know, consider that. And I say the same thing when it comes to carrying a weapon. You know, if you are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to use it? Do you you say you want to buy a gun? I have people asking me now because they're seeing things change and they're going, you know what? What if the Democrats get their way and they start banning guns again? Is this going to be the last chance I get to own one? Is this going to be the last chance I get to have one? Maybe I should buy one now. And, you know, that's a, that's a question a lot of people ask themselves. And a lot of people will go out and just buy something. They don't care. They just want to get it just in case they're not allowed to get it in the future. And this is this is something that's uh, that I guess haunts people every day when they buy a gun. They have to be responsible for that weapon every minute of every day, whether they carry it with them or whether they leave it in their house. If their house has kids in it, you know, you have to make sure that gun is secured away from children who could possibly get to it not knowing how dangerous it is. And to me, like I said, this is my opinion. I believe kids, as soon as they're old enough to be able to hold it and operate it, they should be taught how. And they should be explained to as to what its purpose is, how dangerous it is, and how you never touch it unless there's an adult around who knows better. And, you know, that's what they try and teach kids to some extent. But you know what? There's too many households with guns where the kids don't know. They don't know what they're supposed to do if they find one. They don't know how to check it to see if it's loaded. If you have a teenager in your house and you have a gun in the house that they are unaware of, Hopefully they would be responsible enough to where you could show them how to unload it, how to check it, how not to point it at anybody. That's when your training should start. You shouldn't be afraid of any kind of tools, whether it's a chainsaw or whether it's a circular saw, a drill gun, or or a firearm. You should be taught how to deal with that, how to be responsible around it, and if you don't want to, get somebody who you know can be. Some people just don't like the idea of guns at all. If that's the case, then by all means, do not get one. Do not maintain one. Do not try and learn how to use it if you don't think you'll be able to. Sometimes you have to go through the steps first to try. And when you try, maybe then you'll realize, you know what, this isn't for me. And don't be afraid to back down and say, you know what, I tried it. I didn't like it. I didn't feel comfortable with it. This isn't for me. It's not for everybody. So don't be afraid, don't be embarrassed if you have to take that that road. If that's the way you decide to to do it, at least you tried. You made an effort. You know, and that's with anything. I had a friend who wanted to learn scuba diving. But turns out they went down, they had trouble equalizing their ears, they felt claustrophobic, it just wasn't for them. And so that wasn't something they wanted to do again, which is fine. You know, that's that's their choice. Same thing with guns. Just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean you have to exercise that right. Just because you have the right to vote doesn't mean you have to vote. If you don't feel like you're informed enough or you don't feel like you know enough to make a wise, informed decision, then don't do it. You know, there's always that, too. And if you're not willing to take the time to ask people to get online, do your research, find out what the candidate stands for versus what you believe you stand for, then don't bother just to vote randomly. I mean, it's it's silly to do that. 
you know, and too many people are taught that, oh, we always vote for, we always vote for D people no matter what. We always vote for R people no matter what. And don't let that be the determination. Look into the candidates, see what they have to offer, see if they feel the same on your major issues. Now, no candidate's going to be the same on every issue that you are. You got to find the one that has a majority or prioritize your issues and see how that candidate stands on them. Same thing with the guns. Find out who the candidates are who support them if you support the guns. If you don't support the guns, move to a big city and pray you have a police officer close by with a gun to protect you because you're not going to be able to do it yourself, and I doubt the criminals are going to have any sympathy on you whatsoever. So, Or hire somebody. If you can afford it, hire an armed bodyguard to follow you around all day because maybe that will be the best thing for you if you don't want to learn how to use a weapon. And granted, like I say, not everybody does. Not everybody's qualified. Not everybody has, I guess, the intuition to be able to do it, and that's fine. You may have other skills. So take it. There are non-lethal approaches to self-defense. Also, they have stun guns, tasers, tear gas, big sticks. You know, there are ways to defend yourself without using a weapon if you have to. But if you do decide to get into it, make sure you're comfortable with it. Take the time to familiar familiarize yourself with that weapon. Know it inside and out. Know how to load it, unload it, take it apart, put it back together. Check to see if it's unloaded or loaded when you're dealing with it every single time. Don't take it out of your drawer and say, oh, I think I unloaded it last time I put it away. No, always check. Check twice, check three times. I mean, someone hands me a weapon. They can check it right in front of me, and I will still, out of habit, just go ahead and check it anyway again to make sure nothing changed. And it's funny because there's a uh, a line of videos online where they show a lady who works in a gun shop, and people will bring in weapons to either get looked at or to sell or to you know find a holster for something. She goes, well, let's just check it. He goes, oh, it's unloaded. And she racks that slide back, and a round pops right out of there. And it turns out he unloaded it, pulled the magazine out, and when he unloaded it, he inadvertently chambered another round, not remembering how the weapon works. So always check it twice or three times or four times, whatever it takes. You're never going to check it too many times. That's good. Yeah, you can never check a weapon too many times to see if it's loaded. No such thing. Take the time, do it right, and teach kids if they're old enough to operate it and you think they could get access to it, teach them how to check it or how to leave it alone or where to put it if they find it inadvertently left somewhere. You know, there are plenty of people who carry every day and... There are adventures when you go to the restroom and you're carrying a weapon and it's on your belt or on your hip and you have to try and find a place to put it while you're using the restroom. (laughs) So be aware of that and be aware of the whereabouts of your weapon all the time. And if you want to get into it, try it. Try it before you buy it. You can go to the range, ideally get somebody to go with you, try out a variety of weapons, pick out what you like. Now, if you already have weapons and you know how to use them and you just want to get something new, By all means, I would say now would be a good time to start looking into that. Prices have kind of stabilized. Weapon prices are pretty decent right now. The ammo prices are still a little high, but they are coming down. So you can get more ammo to practice with. More now, though, more now so than you could a couple of years ago when the uh, pandemic started a run on weapons and ammo that I've never seen before. But the weapons themselves are, are reasonably priced now. So if you're looking at something new, 
With the political climate possibly changing for the worst, now might not be a bad time to pick up a second or third or fourth weapon, whatever you want. If you want something new, now might be the time to get it, or at least look into it if you can afford it. Don't put yourself in the poorhouse trying to buy that Benelli shotgun you want if you really don't need it. Well, you can't use it effectively. But yeah, the prices are probably going up from here unless they can stymie this president because he just wants to... He wants to reenact the assault weapons ban that he was responsible for in 1994. He wants to limit your magazine capacity. He wants to limit the type of guns you can have while all the time keeping all those same weapons and more in the hands of his security. So he thinks he is, he thinks his life is more valuable than yours. Every politician does. They seem to think your life doesn't matter as much as their life because they're politicians and they're very important. Well, let me tell you, they're public servants, and they should not have that attitude. They should not be thinking they're more important than anybody else, especially the voters who put them in power. And most importantly, citizens should not put politicians on pedestals. These guys are public servants. They're there to serve you. They're representatives. They're there to represent the people who voted them into office. Sometimes they do a good job of this. Sometimes they do a poor job. But find out who your representatives are and let them know where you stand on the gun issues. Make sure they understand that you will vote for somebody who defends your right to own and possess weapons. And like I say, with the with the uh, market right now, now would not be a bad time to pick one up. Now, unfortunately, we just passed Black Friday, heading into the Christmas season, and that is going to drive prices a little bit because it usually cuts down on the available supply because a lot of people get weapons or weapon accessories or ammunition as holiday gifts. So be aware of that. But still, if if things go the other way in the fuel, I think there's a couple of elections still left that have to settle. Or is Georgia the only one now? I don't know. I'd have to ask Vic that. He's not here. But anyway, if things go the wrong way and we end up with a Democratic majority in the Senate, then he can put there can be gun control that will be pushed through. Because uh, Sleepy Joe, Demented Joe, he is going to be on that because his handlers are going to tell him, now's the time to push for gun control. We have the last opportunity. You've only got a couple years left. Let's get it to go through now. So they're going to try and restrict your freedom, your ability to have firearms. They're going to infringe on your right to keep and bear arms. They're going to do their best. So be aware of that. Georgia is the last one. Oh, Georgia's the last one, and it's uh, so if that one goes the way of the conservatives, will they have a majority or just keep it equal? Just keep it equal. Oh, so they will. Oh, so they can be. But that's better than better than having a majority with the Democrats, right? Or the you know. So yeah, and if that happens, I guess we'll be stuck then. Have a lame duck president for a couple of years, I hope. Because <laughs> the red wave that They're we expected. Lame duck. But... Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Demented duck. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, no doubt. Oh, my God. I saw him speak the other day. I was going, oh, my God, what is wrong with him? You know, we would not get you would be you would be surprised if a guy like that was at a subway taking your order and was that incoherent. And yet this guy is is the one people vote into the highest office our country has to offer. And they're proud of him still, too. I can't believe that. When the person on the uh, last year for Christmas, they had a little thing where people could call in and talk to the president about Santa and his his path in, and they were tracking Santa on radar. And one of the fathers, as he ended the conversation, said, oh, and let's go, Brandon. 
And Demented Joe stood there and said right back to him, yes, let's go, Brandon. I agree. Not realizing <laughs> what that meant. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Now, Jill's face dropped to the floor. She was in horror. You could tell. The fact that he said that was just driving her crazy. So you wonder how much sense this president even has. But the thing is, his handlers are the ones you need to watch out for. They're the ones behind the scenes. They're the ones pushing their agendas. <laughs> And the fact that the president doesn't worry about his image because he doesn't understand what's happening to him, these handlers are going to push him into the worst possible situations, make him make the most extreme decisions by telling him it's okay. So I think this is probably one of the most dangerous situations we've been in. Now, he's going to try and use that executive pen of his and push all kinds of ridiculous laws through because he doesn't understand what he's doing. That's the worst kind of politician is the puppet who's being controlled by somebody else who doesn't understand what's happening. So we will see. I hate to see this go the wrong way, but there's always that possibility. So if you want a new gun, go out and buy one. If you want a third or fourth or fifth gun, by all means, go out and buy one. If you have a friend who's on the fence, who's interested but not sure, try and help your friends out who are non-gunners. If they don't have a gun and they've been talking about getting one, encourage the discussion. Encourage them. Take your time. Make it your make it your Christmas present to them. Take them to the range. Show them how to shoot. And pay attention to how they handle it. Now, me personally, I like taking somebody into a kitchen first or a living room, get some weapons out from, get some weapons that I still have left after my horrible boating accident, show them how they function, show them how they work, show show them how to clear every weapon they touch before they start manipulating it. Show them how to clear it. So by the time they go to the range and there's people shooting around them, they will have already had the benefit of being of being shown how these weapons work, what they're going to have to do, and to get in the habit of keeping the muzzle pointed in a safe direction. Teach them all the rules first before you get into the range, because going into a range for the first time can be very intimidating. Guns going off around you on other lanes, you know, all the noise can be distracting. Wearing the headphones can be distracting. So make sure you train somebody in a comfortable place first. That's one of my high priorities. Take them into your living room, your kitchen, get the weapons out, show them, show them how to clear, make sure they understand they're clear. And even though they're clear, make sure they understand safe direction. You know, if it's a gun that can be dry fired, then let them dry fire. Let them feel the trigger. Let them know what they're going to be dealing with. Let them know how to manipulate the gun. That's things that all need to be done in a comfortable, calm environment. If you have no choice but to do it in the range, you can do that, but I prefer you didn't. Put them in a place where they can ask questions, they can hear you, there's not guns going off everywhere, and you can concentrate and be very focused on what you're doing. So by the time they get to the range, they already have most of their questions answered. And let them know what to do when the shell comes back and goes down the... Oh, yeah. Sure. Always drop, put the gun on the table first, then do the hot shell dance. Yeah. I tell everybody that before I take them. They're like, what do you mean hot shell dance? I go, hot shells will fly out of a semi-automatic every single time and as odd as it may seem they will get trapped in places which will burn you i'm not saying it's going to catch you on fire but it will sting a little bit when they burn i've had one get caught between my glasses and my face i've had one fall into the crook of my elbow and sit there (laughs) but the most common one is if you're wearing a loose shirt it'll go down your shirt and in your chest or your back somewhere and it will cause you to want to do the hot shell dance so put the gun down first then dance away 
All right. I think that's all we have for this week. I am Roger B., and this has been Locked and Loaded. Hope you enjoyed the show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.